You you accused me of going to a dark place. <laughs> what are you doing here, Rory? I, I I don't know how to recover from this conversation now. <laughs> Welcome to episode 56 of the Humanist Agenda podcast. My name is Kenny. I'm Sherry. And I'm Rory. Welcome back to another wonderful episode. So, how's everyone doing so far? Things are, yeah, going pretty well for me at the moment. Getting into the the Halloween season, the Halloween mood. Next Mm -hmm. weekend, Rory and I are going to a haunted house with our friend. (gasps) Woo! Yeah, we're going to the Byron Scary House. Every year they put it on, and every year we go. It's our tradition. Yes. Yeah. Are you guys into, like, scary movies? Yeah. I I like me some scary movies. I do. I love it. Okay. I I was watching um, on Netflix. They have uh, basically a new documentary on how they make movies. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, they started, there's like three episodes now on like some of the most popular scary movies, like Friday the 13th and um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. So I found those documentaries like really interesting in terms of how they developed the movies and the history behind those movies. So that that I find more interesting. <laughs> I'll yeah. watch scary movies, but I, I love seeing how they like make things totally... and how they, you know, how they uh, made the scenes with, you know, lots of blood and all the problems <laughs> they have to deal with, with, you know, fake blood. Did you watch, <laughs> always um, fun. I think it was called Never Sleep Again, the Nightmare on Elm Street documentary. Was that part of this no. or was this a totally separate thing you this is totally separate. This is like a brand new series that Netflix has out. It's a Netflix original, yeah. Oh. I'm getting mm-hmm. caught up on my episodes, so I haven't got to the Halloween ones yet, but I'm very mm-hmm. excited. Yeah. Yeah, I watched the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street one just because, I mean, that's like ingrained in my childhood. So I yeah. just want to like <laughs> watch how they uh, made that movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like my childhood was all like Hocus Pocus. I loved that movie. That was one of my favorites. Yeah, I saw it, but it wasn't a wasn't a routine watch for me by any means. Also, the Nightmare Before Christmas, the Nightmare Before Christmas. That's always a good Halloween one. That's pretty. Except classic. it also doubles as a Christmas movie, <laughs> so I love it even more. You get yeah. it two times so a the, year. <laughs> the, yeah, they they had an episode on. Um, on that movie as well on Netflix. So uh, that one's uh, I haven't seen it yet. Fascinating about how that movie was made because it was all claymation animation. It was so yeah. cool. Yeah, I think it was one of the first like full, mm-hmm. you know, featured claymation movies. Yeah, and that sort of thing takes so long to create because you're you're just going second by second of of these small captures of film. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the thing is. Second by second, but you know, normal movies play at twenty four frames per second. So each second, you need twenty four frames. Yeah, frames. <laughs> like I would go insane mm-hmm. trying yeah. to animate all of that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. We've decorated our house. Have Have you guys decorated anything, or you're not into that? I don't actually own any decorations, but what'd you put up? Um, we have a couple pumpkins on our steps. We also have a dog that's like a bone dog and, uh, you can turn it on and it'll like bark, uh, 
by like a sensor kind of thing. But we we didn't turn that on because I found last year it scared the children. So, <laughs> <laughs> but aren't you supposed to scare the children? I thought that was the point. <laughs> I know, but then they ran away from my house and I had candy for them. So, <laughs> but. That's a good thing, isn't it? Because then you can keep the candy for yourself. That's how I would be thinking about it. Those who are brave enough to venture to your house shall be rewarded with candy. Mm-hmm. We also have a ghost that goes up on the door, and we have um, some bones that we put into the ground uh, on our lawn. So we've got a skull, and then unattached to the skull are some arms, and you stick those separately in the ground. So it looks like he's coming out of the ground, and some legs as well, so... Yeah, we we're all decorated. We're all ready for all the little kitties. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, my plan for this year's uh, costume is I'm just gonna walk around without a mask, and that should scare enough people, right? <laughs> scare me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please stay away from me. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I I, I uh, maybe a, a interesting fact uh, that I saw as well was for this year. Um, one of the top-selling items uh, is a Karen outfit. A Karen outfit! <laughs> so all the real uh, retailers selling Karen costumes, like on Amazon and other like online real, uh, they're all sold out. And no. it, I, just, I, I just love the description of the costume. It's basically, everyone will know you're looking to speak to the manager when you complete your Karen outfit. <laughs> You know, with this hilarious Karen wig, the short and stylish cut is the perfect hairstyle to show everyone you ain't the one to mess with. <laughs> so what else comes with it? Like maybe a Starbucks cup and like a tiny dog? It's uh, glasses. You need like the you know big glasses. Uh, maybe, maybe you might want to be very obvious by maybe wearing a T-shirt saying, you know, I would like to speak to the manager. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, that would like, be a good one. Like that, that, that would top it off. Mm-hmm. It's all about that hairstyle, though. The Karen has a distinctive hairstyle. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But I suspect this year for Halloween, uh, you're going to see a lot of people wearing masks with either a triangle, a circle, or a square. Ah, uh, yes, so. yeah, for Squid Games. Rory yeah. looks confused. <laughs> I've yet to watch uh, Squid Games. So. Oh, Rory, you'd love it. Oh, it's, it's an allegory for capitalism. You would love it. <laughs> I thought exactly. not, it is the ultra. It is the number one. Yeah, it is the number one. A Netflix TV show ever in the history of Netflix. It, it surpassed beaten... Bridgerton. Yeah, it's all yeah. about uh, murdering poor people, didn't you say? I, I thought that was yes. the premise. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, poor people in debt uh, uh, participate in children's games, um, where if you lose the children games, you die. <laughs> so that's the whole premise of. Children's, this TV series. Children's games like Duck, Duck, Goose and Ring Around the Rosie? Or what are we... What the are we the first about? one is uh, Red Light, Green Light. Oh, you've ever played it. love that one. Yes. <laughs> Lots of fun. Lots of fun to play with. And it's just endless, senseless murder in every episode. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. I, I do recommend it. I actually did enjoy it. I, to be honest, like it was a TV show I would never have watched just from the title based on the description uh, 
Exactly. The only reason I watched it was because it's everywhere. Everyone's talking <laughs> about it. So I just felt like I gotta like understand why everyone's talking about it. And now I understand why everyone's talking about it. It's quite good. You need to be part of the pop culture. Ryan. I get. I guess Get so. in with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just gonna be confused when you walk around seeing people dress up in uh, uh, joggers and tracksuits <laughs> <laughs> and wearing these masks with uh, shapes on their faces. It'll all make sense now once you watch <laughs> Squid Game. Just give me that extra depth of understanding. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. So, well. Since it's almost Halloween and we're getting to the Halloween spirit, we're going to talk about a few topics about Halloween. So I think, Sherry, you're going to start us off with maybe a history of Halloween. Yeah. So if you don't know um, where Halloween came from, I'll give you a little kind of short synopsis and we'll talk about maybe some myths as well associated with Halloween. Um, So it dates back to the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain which was uh, in Ireland, UK, and and Northern France kind of areas. Um, And they celebrated their New Year's on November 1st because it was kind of marking the end of summer and uh, the end of the harvest. Uh, And so with all of that, they're thinking about winter and um, kind of an association with death, so the death of the crops and things like that. Um, And so the Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. And so spirits kind of came into this world of ours. Uh, So they celebrated on the night of October 31st, when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead are returning to earth. Um, And so the ghosts are, you know, causing trouble and damaging crops. Uh, So people would leave things outside for them to appease them. So they would leave some food and wine uh, for the ghosts to kind of have their own party, I guess. Uh, and, and so that they wouldn't destroy their their crops and, and things. And they it almost sounds like they're treating these ghosts like children. Keep them of. distracted with, <laughs> <laughs> with Here's something. <laughs> Here's something shiny. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Trying to make them happy so that they're just not too much trouble. Yeah, that's what we all do with our children is we were like, oh, stop get, causing trouble. I'll give you some food. Here's some food. <laughs> Here's a toy. <laughs> yeah. And so they also believed that it uh, this this blurring of lines made it easier for Druid and Celtic priests to make predictions about the future. And so to celebrate, uh, the Druids built these huge sacred bonfires Uh, And people would gather around them and they would, you know, burn crops and animals as sacrifices to Celtic deities. Um, So the the Celts also wore costumes, which were usually animal heads and skins, and uh, they attempted to tell each other's fortunes. And so um, they would wear these masks for the duration of, of the event because... Uh, they thought it would trick the spirits into thinking they were one of them. uh, And so they would leave them alone, essentially. And so that was like the Celtic um, celebration. And then the Roman Empire came in and they conquered the Celts. 
so what they did was they joined a couple of these Roman celebrations together. Um, one was Feralia, which was a day that Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. Uh, and also they, they brought in a day uh, to honor Pomona, and, and she is the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. Um, and the symbol of Pomona is the apple, and that's probably, uh, scholars believe that's probably how we got bobbing for apples, um, where we got that from, which is pretty cool. And so uh, the church wanted in on this, and uh, as the church does, because it seems like, you know, uh, churches come in and, you know, on every pagan holiday, they're like, we'll have a day right afterwards so that you also <laughs> celebrate with us or a day before so that you celebrate with us then. Um, so then they created their own thing around this pagan holiday so that they could lure people in. Um and so they started offering cakes to children, asking them to pray for the dead in exchange. Uh, and so people, this is how trick-or-treating started, where people would give children cakes or food or money even uh, when they came to the doors. And in exchange, the children would pray for their dead. I don't know why they're getting children to pray for the dead, but, uh, you know. you got to indoctrinate them young. I That's guess. true. <laughs> Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And so this process was known as souling at the time, uh, but then, you know, turned to trick-or-treating eventually. It sounds so devious. Yeah. <laughs> souling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when Christianity came in, um, you know, they wanted to get rid of all these non-Christian celebrations. So they made November 2nd All Souls Day. Um, so it was a day to honor the dead. Um and it was a Christian-sanctioned day, uh, similar to Samhain, with you know bonfires and costume parades and people dressing up as angels and devils and saints. Um, and it was called All Hallows or All Hallowmas, uh, which just means All Saints Day. Um, and the Samhain tradition, the night before, uh, began to be called All Hallows Eve where we get Halloween. So you can see like the progression of, of how we've come to be Halloween. Um, and so this was a tradition that existed mostly in Europe. And then eventually um, settlers started coming over to uh, North America and bringing these traditions with them. Um, and by the 1920s and 30s, it became more of a secular uh, community-centered holiday um, as it's moving from Europe into North America. And so trick-or-treating was revived um, as a way to make it more cost-effective uh, to celebrate. So because of the war and everything, people you know, were strapped for the amount of food and stuff they had. So instead of having their own you know, singular parties, they would have the children kind of um, come around and celebrate with everyone so that you share the cost of of these celebrations. Yeah, so that's kind of how Halloween started um, with our good friends, the Celts, and then and then the Christians got in there and said, no, no, nope, <laughs> <laughs> it's ours. <laughs> we, we want a piece of this action. <laughs> Absolutely. Gotta get those pagans to become Christians, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good old Christians. <laughs> Always think everything is theirs. <laughs> um, so Halloween has kind of 
uh, evolved over the years, I guess you could say. Uh, so I wanted to bring in some myths because one of the myths that I grew up with was that um, you should never, if somebody gives you something that's not wrapped in a uh, industrial wrapping, then you should be not eating you. it. You should throw it away because there's going to be razor blades or drugs or something inside of it, um, which I'm, yeah, you, you two are nodding, so I can see yeah. this is something you yeah. grew up I, with I, as well. I heard that as well, too, when I was younger. It's always about you got to, like, check the candy to see it, has it been, you know, penetrated? Is there a hole? Because, you know, someone would have slipped, you know, needles in there. And uh, I, I know I heard razor blades, but I, I think when I was younger, the concern was, oh, someone will stick, I don't know, a needle or something sharp in the candy. And when you bite into it, it'll like injure you. It's curious mm-hmm. to me that it becomes somebody. Whereas when you're actually trick or treating with your children, you know who those somebodies are. They're the people of your community. Which one of them is the the masked killer who's <laughs> hiding the razor blades and sticking the needles in the candy bars? It's not. It could it could be anyone. I mean, who knows? You you don't know your neighbors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I grew up in a I mean, small you already, town. You already know. You already know some of them have uh, PPC signs during the election you know period. That, that's fair. <laughs> you, can you really trust them? If you're going to go yes, trick or treating no. around here, you might uh, you might want to look out. You never know what you're going to find in those candy wrappers. Their candy bars have like Trump 2024 <laughs> stickers on them. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I thought it would be interesting to look into how we got here because everyone knows about, you know, the razor blades and the apples or the needles and the candy bars or whatever. Um, and so I found it very interesting because we have a few events that have happened throughout our history that have caused people to believe this. And it's actually a myth. It's not you know, really true that that people are putting razor blades and apples and things like that. Um, And a lot of it started, interestingly enough, it started in the Industrial Revolution um, because our food sources were were going from, you know, being homemade uh, into these industrialized food sources where, you know, you've got individually wrapped things that are coming from factories and all of that instead of things that you're producing yourself. So there's a lot of fear that came from that industrial revolution in terms of like sourced around food. Um, and so around the industrial revolution, children started eating candy, um, at Halloween and it, and they were getting sick of it. Um, or sick from it, sorry. Uh, and so the, the parents started blaming the companies that were producing the candy. Um, and so there were, you know, there was all this fear about the companies who were producing this. And there was an investigation that was made into these illnesses. And so they found no poison, industrial waste, or anything else that was causing these sicknesses. Except there was a lot of sugar. <laughs> And so it was believed that the people who got sick from eating this candy did so because they overindulged <laughs> and they overate this, this candy. <laughs> I do have an interesting statistic here where mm-hmm. on average, 3,500 to 7,000 calories are collected at, uh, during Halloween. And it would take an average 13-year-old to walk more than... 100 miles to burn <laughs> off all that candy. 
Yes. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> I remember having huge bags full of candy at Halloween. Yeah. I definitely overindulged. I'm still overindulging and now I just buy it. <laughs> I can't wait for Halloween. I just buy it before Halloween and I just slowly snack on it. It's awful. It's dangerous. <laughs> so dangerous. That's why I to be I had to eat I'm I'm gonna try to not buy any Halloween candy this year. Uh, it's sometimes really tempting when the sales go on and you're like, this looks like a deal. <laughs> but I'm going to try this year to maybe just avoid buying it because it's dangerous. That's good. Good luck with your, your strong willpower. <laughs> I'll report back <laughs> in the next episode. I got caught in the loop. I've I've already bought like three boxes of chocolates. And I'm <laughs> it's too late for you, them. Sherry. <laughs> My wife and I are consuming them. <laughs> too late <laughs> i can't i can't even i couldn't even have that intention of not to buy them i just it's visit i just can't i go into the store and physically can't not buy it i don't know you're you're gonna be incentivized to turn on your uh robotic dog because uh you're gonna <laughs> want to keep as much of that candy as possible exactly <laughs> keep those kids off my porch <laughs> All right, so that was our first kind of reported incident of kids getting sick from Halloween. Um, and we kind of take a break for a little while. And then in 1959, um, we have the first report of Halloween treats being tampered with in North America. Uh, and so it was a California dentist named William Shine, and he distributed 450 laxative-laced candies to children, 30 of whom fell ill. <laughs> And he, oh my God. Yeah, he, he was later charged with outrage of public decency and unlawful dispensing of drugs. I don't know his motivation. <laughs> I'm just. I can. I'm what his motivation is. Disgruntled dentist. He's sick of all these rotten teeth, and so he's going to teach these kids a lesson. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That could be it. I mean, they learned a lesson. <laughs> Don't overindulge on candy? <laughs> was that their lesson? Don't go to this guy's house? Maybe that was the lesson? Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> don't don't visit any dentist's house because yeah. <laughs> they, they're just going to give you toothpaste. Mm -hmm. Stay away thing? from those dentists. <laughs> I, I feel like it could be a thing. I mean, you know, toothpaste, it can't come in the small packets, uh -huh. right? So... <laughs> No candy for you, just toothpaste. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I re I do recall when I was younger those houses that would give out like healthy stuff, and you just avoided them. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. What what kind of healthy stuff? And I can't even remember, but I feel like I did at one point get like a toothbrush or toothpaste or something. Like, oh I feel yeah, like really? I did get. Yeah, you know, I don't think I've ever had that. I think. Sherry, that I might have received a toothbrush at some point, too. It mm -hmm. strikes a chord. Yeah. <laughs> Those dentists, you just got to stay away. <laughs> They're up to no good. They're so <laughs> self-interested. They can't let it go, not even for one day. <laughs> to be honest, you would think that they actually want people to eat more candy because, really, they are getting... Exactly. They get paid by filling cavities mm -hmm. they get more money more profit i guess yeah. they're doing all I right guess it's, 
I guess it's the ethics side of things that, <laughs> you know, do no harm, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Don't unknowingly distribute laxatives <laughs> to children. <laughs> you know, easy things like that. <laughs> yeah. So that was 1959. And now I've got another one from, um, so we've got 1964. Um this one is another person who maybe has some nefarious ideas about Halloween. And so this is a 47-year-old mother from Greenlaw, New York. And her name was Helen File. And she handed out bags of treats containing arsenic-laced ant traps, Ooh. metal mesh scrubbing pads, and dog biscuits. And so what was her reasoning for doing this? She didn't mean it maliciously. But she was annoyed by the Halloween custom. And, uh, yeah, so she was just mad. And so she later was committed to a state hospital for mental observation. So it's kind of sad. Yeah. But imagine getting, like, a dog biscuit in your bag. Yeah. <laughs> like, that would be so bizarre. <laughs> I feel like, you know, with all sympathy for her, she needs to work on directing her rage more properly. Mm. The children are not the perpetrators of the of the sins that you are angry about. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're pretty innocent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the first dark twist. We're dark turn. We're we're taken down here. It's going to mm-hmm. get a little darker. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, nineteen seventy four. Um, an eight year old boy named Timothy O'Brien died after eating cyanide-laced pixie sticks while he was trick-or-treating. And so initially it looked like someone might be giving out poison candy, but it was soon found that the father had recently taken out life insurance policies on his children. And so to cover his tracks, he also gave those same pixie sticks out to two other children. Uh, So his daughter and the other children didn't eat the pixie sticks and thankfully were saved, but uh, his one little boy died. Wow, that's dark. <laughs> that's it does really get dark. really dark. So sorry, <laughs> but this is how we got here. Is this story and and now and now the fear <laughs> has like permeated society because of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like a lot of these stories and a lot of these uh, myths that have come out of Halloween often happen from a direct relative or somebody who knows the kid, um, whereas you know these parents suddenly get up in arms and scared of strangers, but really it should be like, you know, um, not that I think you should be afraid of your family members, but like, like that's the people who typically abuse kids and, and things like that. So, so it's definitely, you know, the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah. They, they have a reason or a a really, really terrible economic reason in the case you just listed Mm. to, to go about this, whereas strangers, unless they're actually severely mentally ill, and in which case they'll probably give you a dog treat instead of cyanide-laced pixie sticks, <laughs> you're not in as much danger mm-hmm. from strangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or some laxatives. Or some laxatives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so okay, so that was dark. Let's maybe, uh, I'll, I'll do a lighter one, and it might get a little dark after that. Um, but we'll do a bit of a lighter one. <laughs> You're a roller coaster, Sherry. <laughs> My emotions are everywhere. Do you want me to go dark and then light and we go up from there? Or 
I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Bring us up from the pits of despair, Sherry. Okay. <laughs> this one happened in the year 2000. So the next two ones I'm going to talk about happened in the year 2000. So this first one, there was a parent who started finding um, these. So the parent was checking the kid's bag and found these Snickers wrappers filled with marijuana. Um and so it was traced back to this homeowner. And when the police confronted this homeowner, they, they were very confused about why there was marijuana Snickers in these kids' bags. Turns out uh, that he worked at the post office in the dead letter department. So where, you know, people who don't claim their packages or whatever, I guess it just goes to, to somewhere. Uh, this is in the States, by the way. Um, and he found a bag of Snickers in a lost package, and it was Halloween, so he decided to hand out the Snickers, because, uh, you know, free candy to hand out to kids. He didn't have to buy it. Well, he found out that it was actually an attempt to smuggle pot through the mail system. <laughs> so now you're going to have a bunch of kids that are really mellow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're going to eat that whole bag of candy too. <laughs> exactly. They're going to get the they're going to get the munchies. <laughs> I want to eat more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows how many were just lost? Who many took the how many took the candies and just I never got a Snickers bar, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> mhm. Yeah, so th- so that was a lighter one. <laughs> Someone accidentally giving out drugs. <laughs> uh, this other one um, is one of the only known cases of someone being charged in connection with Halloween candy tampering. Uh, so they, this is the person that we're supposed to fear, but it has only really happened once in in Minneapolis in two thousand. Um, so James J. Smith, which I already think is a suspicious name, <laughs> was charged with felony adulteration after four teenagers told police they received chocolate bars that were later to con- found to contain needles. So this is your needles story. So one of the children, um, you know, bit into the chocolate bar. Uh, and was injured by the needle. I think they were only scratched, though. Um, So they didn't require medical attention. Um, But I think the bottom line of of this is if you bite into metal, it hurts. So, like, you're not going to break off a needle or, you know, swallow the needle or whatever. You would just keep chewing. Yeah, (laughs) keep chewing. You're probably going to spit it out. So, um, yeah, so it does hurt to be, you know, biting into metal. Uh, But this was the only known case of this, and that person also was committed to a mental facility uh, as well. So, I mean, the fear of your kids eating needles in their chocolate bars and things like that is pretty... You said this was 2000, right, Sherry? Yeah. I feel like the needle myth predates this incident, and this person is more likely inspired by a myth than actually the source of it. Probably. I, I would assume so, because razor blade apples was long before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, so I have some statistics on, like, you know, how often we actually find anything. And so there have been less than 100 cases of legitimate candy tampering throughout the 20th century. Um, and most of those cases are direct relatives. Um but, you know, the newspapers and the media kind of jump on these stories and it gets, you know, out of control and becomes these 
these myths. And so most cases of children discovering razor blades in their apples actually come from the kids placing the blades in their own apples, either to get attention from their parents or to prank their parents. Jeez. Uh, yeah. So the so they're doing it themselves. So there's no real razor razor blades in apples. Yeah. So so you can rest easy knowing that the candy you get door to door is probably not going to contain anything bad. Yeah. It's it's just it's, sugar. It's so <laughs> rare. <laughs> yeah. Just glorious you're not, sugar. <laughs> exactly. You're you're not going to be injured by, you know, needles, but you could get diabetes. So yes. that's still a possibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting to look into kind of the how we got to this myth of of um of you know these razor blades and apples and things like that. Um Yeah. It's I think it's so interesting that it's similar to like other crimes, it's always someone close by. Like it's someone you either you know that is the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. so it's not this mass uh trend that's happening where People are becoming more and more evil and trying to create public, you know, chaos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought maybe I could end my little history of Halloween with a few fun facts about Halloween that I found that you might enjoy. Okay, so here's one I found was that candy corn was originally called chicken feed. Mm. Um, and it was introduced around the 1880s. And uh, there was a lot of agricultural workforce. And so the candy was made into agriculture shapes. And so candy corn uh, was meant to look like corn, but sort of chicken feed corn. Uh, Mm. And then, yeah, humans started consuming uh, corn and then we called it candy corn. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was cute. (laughs) Um, Also... In the early 20th century, women played games to determine who their husbands would be. So Halloween was meant to play these, like, prediction games on on figuring out who your husband is. Uh, So, like, they would do things like throw acorns into fire and throw apple peels over their shoulder. And the shape of the apple peel would be their, their, the initials of their mate. You know what this sounds like to me, Sherry? This sounds like witchcraft. witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I thought as well. <laughs> yes. Burn them. Burn them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And totally. if you survive, and if you survive, you prove that you're a witch. If you don't survive, then you prove yourself innocent. <laughs> Burn her. <laughs> Um, yeah. Also, another fact, the uh, rec- the record for fastest pumpkin carving is 16.47 seconds. Whoa! In 2013. In order to qualify, the pumpkin had to have a nose, ears, mouth, and eyes. 16.4 did seconds! You, did, can you just poke literally, like, two <laughs> eyeballs, a round nose, and an, a, a round mouth? So it's just punctures at this point. <laughs> it's punctures with a very—it's a basically a surprise face, right? You have a surprise eyeball, a surprise mouth. You it know probably what? You... wasn't a well-crafted pumpkin. Can you put me on something? Because I—I'm having trouble even visualizing this in 16 seconds. So to pull it off, I can—I can beat that record in like three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. 
And then I have one more, one more fun fact about Halloween. And then I have a question, uh, mostly for Kenny. Um, so my fact is that Americans spend $940 million on costumes for their pets in 2019, which was more than double in 2010. So $940 million on costumes for mm -hmm. pets. And I know you have cats <laughs> or a cat. <laughs> have you bought yeah. a costume for your cat? No. I have not purchased a costume for my cat. Um, but I, I also sit in a demographic where um, usually households that tend to buy Halloween uh, decorations and costumes tend to be households with children. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I don't have children and I feel like I fall into <laughs> the other category where the majority of people do not <laughs> spend money on cat decorations. <laughs> I, yeah, that's what I was thinking, because I was like, you know what, I really want a costume for my dog, but I have nowhere to take my dog. So when I have kids, that's when I'm going to get a costume mm -hmm. for my dog, because then I'll be going out with them and, and mm -hmm. trick-or-treating and stuff. Yeah, but I've been and very taking tempted. photos, you're going to yes. be taking photos with the kids, and you want the dog there. Yes, so. yeah. I've been very tempted. There was a skunk costume and, and my little, that would fit my little, uh, what is it, like five pound miniature pincher? And so I, I wanted to put the skunk costume on her and walk around the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would be enjoyable. <laughs> so I haven't Wait, yet. Wait, what, but... what if the neighborhood skunks find it attractive? Oh, I'm <laughs> <started you>. following. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm going to leave her to the wild then. Exactly. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> you're, you're on your own. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I've also seen a, a Greyhound bus uh, costume that I want to get for my Greyhound dog, which I thought would be very cute. So it's like, it looks like a bus. It's just sort of like draped on the dog. <laughs> it's cute. You're planning. You're mm. planning. It's. <laughs> I am planning, yes. <laughs> Future costumes for my pets. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. So can you guys guess how much money Americans spend each year? On Halloween? On Halloween. Would this include candy or would this include... This includes just... candy, decorations, oh. costumes. This is going to be a lot. Yeah, it's going to be like billions. Um, I'm going to go with 15 billion. That's a lot. Okay. I'm, I'm going more conservative than that. I'm going to go uh, 8.2 billion. I just uh, okay. yeah. I just told okay. you they spend nine hundred forty million on like that's almost a billion on on pets. Yeah, we're talking about candy yeah. sales. Like maybe it's closer to like forty million billion. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, Americans are expected to spend ten billion dollars oh, so this Christmas. Uh, this oh, Halloween. nice! I, Very I think close. That, my first guess was really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on, on essentially on average. Um, well, actually, how how much do you think an average person kind of spends on Halloween? Mm. How when you kind of think back of how much you spend? Uh, well, think? I mean, I would always reuse costumes or have homemade costumes, so I think it it's going to tilt me in the less direction. But I'm going to say the average person probably spends about one fifty to two hundred dollars on Halloween. <laughs> Fifteen hundred. <laughs> oh my god! Fifteen hundred. Thousand five hundred. Wow, wow. 
Um, on uh, the expected average is going to be about a hundred and two dollars and seventy four cents U.S. I was so, thinking like if people are buying all those blow up characters and yeah. stuff like but that. But the thing like, is, this this is an average number, right? Mm-hmm. So I yeah. mean, you, you're going to have a, in a right. in a normal distribution, you're going to have the crazy people that <laughs> spend <laughs> thousands and thousands of dollars <laughs> <laughs> or more, and then you have obviously people like me who probably spend near zero <laughs> on Halloween. Fair. So, okay. But uh, it, it's interesting that. So much money is uh, spent on Halloween, uh, but it's actually one of the lowest spend for a, a holiday. Uh, so Christmas is clearly like the big one. Mm-hmm. Christmas alone uh, in the U.S. is about one hundred thirty-five billion dollars. Mm-hmm. That doesn't surprise me. But that's crazy. How does <laughs> like, uh, that's so much money? <laughs> how does Halloween compare to something like uh, like Easter, another treat-related holiday? Yeah, I I don't have that uh, comparison statistics, but essentially, like Halloween's essentially one of the lowest. Um, And uh, even though it feels like there's a lot because we see, you know, lots of spending on candy Mm -hmm. and whatnot, um, but the National Confectioners Association, did you know that there's even an association for (laughs) people that manufacture candies? (laughs) (laughs) There is. the bulk of their um, uh, sales, like the biggest sale of their, you know, the candies always occurs on Halloween. So, um, so that gives you an, at least an idea how, how much money kind of flows into the candy space. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's, holiday that's like centralized around candy, though. That's the thing is, whereas mm-hmm. like Easter there's a bit more to Easter than just the candy. Like you have, you know, a big dinner with your family. Mm-hmm. And if you're religious, you go to a church and and you have an Easter egg hunt and you get those little candies, but you're not like going door to door to get candy. I think Halloween is like centralized around candy. So I could see that it might beat out Easter, but I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. those, those little chocolate balls, they're cheaper than candy bars. That's yes. where the difference lies. Yeah, yes. yeah. But it's interesting, uh, the Confectioners Association also do surveys on, you know, customer dynamics as well. Um, and they notice some uh, interesting changes because of the pandemic. Um, but I don't know, when you reflect back on the last year, have you purchased more or less chocolate? Hmm. More. <laughs> Definitely more because I'm at home and I'm just chowing down on yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> really yeah. bad. Slightly more. So they definitely they definitely have uh, measured that. Yes, chocolate sales are definitely <laughs> higher <laughs> during the pandemic, uh, where the majority of people are actually buying more uh, chocolate type of uh, candy or, or sweets, and then non basically uh, in terms of like. Uh, consumption uh the bulk of it's all in the chocolate related type of uh, sweets i can see how i can see like also sales in decorations going up as well because like i know mm-hmm. i bought more decorations last year in the pandemic than i have previously just because i want to feel happy again and uh decorating my house made me feel happy so like christmas and mm-hmm. and halloween i bought a, a few decorations yeah yeah you know what? What's actually quite interesting that this year is going to be probably a record-breaking year in terms of spending on Halloween. I think it's because people have been pent up. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year during the 
in the midst of the pandemic, uh, sales were down. Like it was clear that Halloween associated sales were down. And this year, everyone's uh, catching up. Everyone's overcompensating <laughs> and really pumping a lot of market uh, money into the market. And uh, on, basically, when you look at the trend line of the spending in the U.S., it actually it kind of stays relatively flat in terms of the spending uh, in previous years. It went down during the pandemic. And then this year is just shot like <laughs> way really? up. So, um, yeah. So it's interesting. It feels like everyone's just uh, ready to move on from the pandemic and they want to make this Halloween like the biggest <laughs> ever. They want to ride the chocolate highway out of the pandemic. I understand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the dentists are going to be quite upset <laughs> about this. No laxatives, guys. Um, no laxatives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but during the pandemic, uh, it was people, about 10% of kind of respondents in their survey uh, reported a reducing candy consumption. And I just have to ask, who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> people who hate fun, that's who they are. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the other, um, so pretty much most candy sales went up, uh, chocolate sales went up. Uh, interesting, though, that gum and mint sales are down. Oh, so, and the uh, hypothesis here is uh, because the pandemic has kind of changed how, uh, how many people, you know, work in offices or, you know, uh, go to meetings, things like that. And uh, lots, lots of uh, work and school routines have been disrupted that uh, gum and mint sales are down. Well, you can't smell anyone's breath through the mask, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, you can't why smell, do you need it? You can't smell my breath through Zoom, so <laughs> why do I need but you can smell your own. This has me wondering whether whether gum or mints might actually be a, a revolution for me that I might have to try having a gum or mint in my mouth while I'm wearing the mask and see if it like creates a more pleasant atmosphere in there. Or whether are you saying it might be you... dreadful too? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, are you, are you saying that you really dislike smelling your own breath? <laughs> no, 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 not not in general. But there is one exception. If you happen to sneeze into a mask. There is nothing more tainted than that smell. Oh, God. Yeah, it, it creates Yikes. something very unpleasant <laughs> inside the mask if you sneeze into it. You, you accused me of going to a dark place. <laughs> what are we doing here, Rory? I, I, I don't know how to recover from this conversation now. <laughs> more candy, Kenny. Give us more candy. Pivot. Okay. Pivot. <laughs> okay, maybe it's a good time to pivot because... Uh, <laughs> Uh, now that we've kind of gone through the economics of uh, Halloween, um, Halloween is kind of known as a time to scare people, you know, for fun and whatnot. But uh, some people actually have some phobias, some real phobias. And I want to maybe go through some phobias and see um, uh, whether you guys recognize some of these phobias or not. Um, there's a Halloween theme to it. Um, but we'll start with some easy ones. So uh, I'm sure you all probably know arachnophobia. Of course. Yeah. I'm afraid of spiders as well. That's one mm. of my fears. Is yeah. there a special nuance? I'm not afraid of spiders unless they're directly above me, in which case they are terrifying because they could fall onto me as I attempt to tr murder them. <laughs> um, I don't know, but I, I feel like some people are afraid of 
spiders themselves as a entity, <laughs> and then other people are fear they have a fear of like the fast movements of、mm. spiders. So things that can jump or kind of crawl really fast towards you、um, uh, tend to、uh, create different levels of fear for people when it comes to arachnophobia. I've been that, bit but... by a spider, and that's what caused my fear initially was being bit by a spider,、uh, and then my like it swelled up and it was awful. Oh really?、Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have bad experiences with bugs, and I hate bugs. They're they're awful. Yeah, and then this、uh, the other day there was a spider in my shower, and then I had to kill it. I try to trap them and release them outside these days because I feel really bad for them. But、uh, there was a spider in my shower, and then at nighttime that night, I dreamt of being eaten by spiders. And so, oh my goodness! <laughs> so that's how that's how deep my fear goes. <laughs> but you know, I th- I think it's important to note that you know most spiders are not harmful in Canada. We don't really have any. Poisonous spiders that can kill you.、Um, not like Australia. If you're in Australia, <laughs> pretty much everything will kill you. <laughs> More of a legitimate.、Uh, but、threat. even in yeah, but even in Australia, you know there are some spiders that are like really big and they look threatening, but they are completely harmless.、Uh, it's often like the small ones, like you know, like the black widow spiders, which are small、uh, that have you know、uh, some more. Venomous uh, uh, outcomes.、Mm-hmm. What about a、uh, hemophobia? You guys recognize that hemophobia? Yeah,、no. like like hemoglobin. So something about blood, fear of blood. Yeah.、Oh, okay. Exactly. Hey. Fear of blood. So,、um, so during linguistics is you know, coming in. There you go, Sherry. <laughs> that course I took in university. <laughs> yeah, D- during Halloween when you know there's lots of blood around, there are some people that just. Cannot stand the sight of, you know,、uh, blood, whether it's real or not. And、uh, I'm sure maybe everyone has some a little bit of hemophobia if you saw like a lot of real blood. But、mm. uh, I know uh, I was, for example, when we did our COVID. Uh, testing antigen testing.、Uh, I had a freak out when I saw my blood <laughs> spewing out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you talking about how your lancet、yeah. to get your sample was a little bit too large. <laughs>、uh, yeah, it was just I was just surprised by the amount of blood gushing out of my finger. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared for that.、Um, here's one. What about a ophido ophidiophobia? Ophidiophobia. Ophidio. Yeah, ophidiophobia. I don't know this one. Yeah, this is beyond me. I'm not sure what the root of、uh, of this one is. Ophidio. Yeah. So、um, a lot of people say they might have a fear of spiders, but there is another animal that a lot of people say they are afraid of. It's a Halloween animal. Uh, uh maybe. I mean, I've maybe I've seen it in some Halloween context, but、um, it it's a it's an animal that. Doesn't have any legs. Ah, is it a worm? Are we afraid of worms? Is that、Ooh. where this is going? Wormish. Sure, it's <laughs> wormish. Snake <laughs> so is the only fear.、Thing. Yeah, it's a fear yeah. of snakes.、Okay. So, yeah. So、uh, I can I can understand that fear as well. I mean, some people don't like the 
they or they think you know snakes are slimy and whatnot when they really aren't and uh i'm assuming in some countries yes <laughs> there are definitely dangerous snakes but here in ontario canada we don't need to worry about uh poisonous or venomous snakes it's funny that I've never heard the word for uh, a phobia of snakes before, whereas I've known plenty of people who are afraid of snakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that's uh, wh- how, how you would describe the uh, fear of snakes. Um, have you guys heard of uh, astrophobia? Astrophobia? Mm-hmm. Fear of like the s- Maybe the stars or <laughs> the space. Oh my god, I can see the stars. <laughs> I'm going to guess something similar to that, like fear of big open spaces, maybe? Okay. It's actually uh, a phobia of thunder and lightning. Oh, so okay. uh, anything as, you know, as, uh, atmospheric where mm. uh, there's loud noises, loud flashes in the atmosphere. Um, uh, so I, I assume some dogs, I don't know if your dogs are uh, fearful of lightning and thunder, Sherry. A uh, little, little bit, not too, too bad, but my greyhound okay. is very skittish. She doesn't like loud noises. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like yeah. when we're inside together, she's not afraid of the lightning, but if we're or the thunder, but if we're out on a walk, uh, she would get pretty pretty fearful. Yeah, so uh, I have one a uh, one last one that is of uh, I think really pretty relevant for Halloween. Uh, okay, lacanophobia. Fear of werewolves. Yeah, it got to be werewolves. Lichen. Yeah. Nope. Dang it. <laughs> but that's actually a good guess. Yeah, I was I think say that's a lichen. really good guess. Maybe dogs? Dogs or wolves? Nope. Nope. Hmm. I, I, a lot of children might have this phobia, you know, especially during Halloween. Clowns? Okay. No. A lot of children. Clowns. So this relates back to the candy uh, conversation, but this is actually a real thing. It's a fear of vegetables. It's it's so you know some people say you know it could be maybe it stemmed from a childhood experience from being forced to eat vegetables and not liking vegetables and there's just like aversion to uh, vegetables and so this is a the fear of anything vegetable related. Oh my goodness, (laughs) that is a very interesting fear. Those vegetables are up to no good. I mean, when you see broccoli, oh my god, it's <laughs> no, it's no. evil. <laughs> it's an evil tree. <laughs> oh goodness! No vegetables on Halloween. Yeah, exactly. So those are some interesting phobias that are at least Halloween related, <laughs> somewhat. You know, Kenny, when I was so excited earlier and ready to jump in when I thought you might be talking about a Halloween animal, it's because I was actually looking up something as well related to animals and symbolism related to Halloween, and which animals we tend to associate with it and some of the reasons why. So I thought it'd be more fun than me just listing these to, to play a little game with you two. I want you to pick an animal, one that you associate with Halloween, and if it's on my list, I'll give you some backstory to it. So, who wants to go wolves. first? Wolves. Werewolves. <laughs> wolves. On my list. Traditionally associated with werewolves in folklore, 
Here's an interesting tidbit. A unibrow or a joining of the eyebrows was considered to be a sign of lycanthropy in European <laughs> myths. <laughs> so, Oh my God. Now I feel bad about all those people that have a unibrow. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, wolves. I can just see them trying to like shave. <laughs> <laughs> not true. It's not true. I'm not a werewolf. <laughs> uh, wolves are also come out at night and howl at the moon so they get the association with night and that spawns a lot of superstitions. And uh, there's also a little brief anecdote of Greek historian Herodotus wrote that a tribe northeast of Scythia transformed into wolves once every year, year for several days before changing back. All right, next. Okay, do you have... Well, do you have witches on your list, or is that not an animal? I, I stuck to, to animals rather than just okay. uh, creatures in general. Women are <laughs> well, not Well, sure, animals. you could just say women. Sherry, <laughs> <laughs> no. Female, female human, humans. Female humans. <laughs> I was wondering if you put that on your list, so I mean, I'm kind of glad you didn't. <laughs> I feel like I'd be in more trouble if I did. <laughs> But we, oh, actually, the other one I was thinking of is kind of human, too. Uh, vampires. Is vampire on your list? No, but I'm going to take that as a cue to talk about bats. Bats. Okay, go with bats. <laughs> Veer away from my human <laughs> animal into your animal animal. Yeah, I'm going to need you to go more animal for, uh, for your okay. next guest here. <laughs> So bats, they're again a nocturnal creature. They do many of their mysterious activities at night in the dark, which gets cloaked in a lot of superstition. Bats live in caves, which gives them an association to the underworld. And bats are a liminal animal, which means that they aren't quite a bird and they're not quite a mammal, which is much in common with something else that's liminal, which is Halloween itself. Halloween falls between fall and winter seasons. It's also liminal. And, of course, to, to create the connection to vampires, we have Bram Stoker's 1897 novel, Dracula, to thank for that, where Dracula could famously transform himself into bats. Oh, but one alternative theory connecting bats to Halloween, tying back to your uh, Celtic Harvest Festival, what was it, Samhain? Mm-hmm. Um, the bonfires that were lit for that festival would often attract mosquitoes and bats would come out to eat the mosquitoes. And so they gained association to that harvest festival in that way. Oh, interesting. So, um, my cat likes to attack bats sometimes. So what about cats? <laughs> like a black cat? Aha, specifically black cats. Good one. That's right on my list, Kenny. Uh, long been objects of superstition. In medieval France, they were considered bringers of bad luck, curses, and, of course, witchcraft. Medieval Germans believed themselves to be cursed if a black cat crossed their path from left to right. But there are many other cultures where black cats were symbols of good luck, such as Japan. And in the British Isles, they could foretell affluence. In Egypt, they were worshipped as sacred, but not so in the Pilgrim era in the United States. The Puritan pilgrims in the Plymouth colony distrusted anything associated with witchcraft, and they often practiced burning of black cats on Shrove Tuesdays. Aww. No. Yeah, yeah, you brought me no. to a dark place on that one. <laughs> oh, black cats are so cute. Mm-hmm. Black cats and, got I, a real bad know, rap. Exactly. Be- 
black cats are still, you know, can be some of the sweetest animals ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I encourage those who want to adopt a cat to adopt maybe a black cat. Because mm-hmm. I feel I, I think black cats tend to not get adopted as often as I've, other cats. I've read that before, that yeah. they are statistically less likely to be adopted. And so there's special campaigns that come out to adopt a black cat. There's nothing wrong with a black cat. Black cats and black dogs as well. People are afraid of black dogs um, for an association of like attacks and stuff like that. But black dogs, I have a black dog. I love my black dog. I would love a black dog. I feel like they're more intimidating. Yeah. No one, <laughs> no one gets, so no one's going <laughs> to. No one, I have a tiny it's, little it's black appearance. dog and then a big greyhound black dog who's afraid of everything. So I liked the idea of it at first. I was like, oh, a black dog will like, you know, scare off any people who are trying to like yeah. rob me. It's or perception whatever. though. You, it's, but, yeah. you, it's perception. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Sherry, are you ready I'm to bring me know. an actual animal, not a, <laughs> not a human or a supernatural human? I don't know. Is Bigfoot? <laughs> Bigfoot. Is that a person or an animal? <laughs> I was actually thinking along those I lines am, of... Uh, I am you for humans and humanoid creatures, Sherry. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, well, okay, so what about snakes then? Because we brought up snakes earlier. Are snakes on your... Snakes, unfortunately, are not on my list. I'm really not good at this. What about spiders? (laughs) Spiders, yes. Yes. Okay. Spiders are. Not an animal, but an insect. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I can't get this animal thing. No, insects are technically in the animal kingdom. Sure, yes. It's an animal. And more importantly, a spider is iconic for Halloween. So, why is it iconic for Halloween? Well, because often landmarks, like... Haunted houses are frequently abandoned by humans. And what happens when things are abandoned by humans? They get filled with cobwebs. Cobwebs from spiders. Spinning webs is also associated with storytelling and oracles of fate. Sometimes oracles of death. Interesting anecdote. In medieval times, if a spider fell on a candlelit lamp and got burned away, it was considered to be a sign that witches were in the area. Hmm. That's what I've got for spiders. What's next? Okay. What creature is burning on your mind? Um, a crow. Aha, crows, yes. I do have crows. The carrion eaters, frequently eating dead, including human remains. A nuisance to farmers eating crops, and generally bold and fearless towards humans, too. Mm-hmm. They're all black, which makes them appear dark and evil. And in Greek myth, crows brought terrible news to the goddess Athena, from which she cursed them to be black forever shooting the messenger to the next level. And in Native American myth, the crow is often a malicious trickster. Mm-hmm. It's because they're very smart. They are <laughs> they smart. Are very, very intelligent. Crows and ravens both are highly intelligent birds that, much like parrots, can actually mimic human voice. Okay, I have one. All right. It's an animal. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> what about rats? Ah, Rats. Rats are on my list. Oh, good. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me they weren't. <laughs> Much like toads, they can be familiars or low-level demons that are working as assistants to witches. Interesting tidbit about rats is they rarely form a strange occult-looking arrangement when they die known as a rat king. A rat king is where the tails of dead rats intertwine and bind together in a circular arrangement where they form like a wheel of rats, all with their tails knotted together. 
What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Why? Very, Why do they do but, this? But very. But this is just some. Um, this is just a symbol, or like. Well, there's a few different explanations. The one I found most plausible is that uh, rats like to sleep together in close proximity with one another, and if one rat or several rats got something sticky on their tails, then their tails might link with another rat and get stuck together. At which point they would not be able to escape with one another. They'd pull in different directions, and so they'd end up dead in a circular arrangement. But it's also possible that the arrangement of the Rat King is just a hoax deliberately put together by attention-seeking medieval humans. They, they have some of these in museums, and they're not sure why they formed or how they happened. But those are the explanations that I thought were the best. Next creature. You, you already mentioned one, Toad. Ah, yes, the Toad, a very frequent associate of witches. Uh, during witch hunt times, people who handled toads were often afflicted with warts, sore eyes, and noses, which lent to the unenlightened belief that toads could actually curse people. Toad spit and body parts also go into witches' brews. Famously in the Shakespearean poem Macbeth, round about the cauldron go, in the poisoned entrails throw, toad under stone, cold stone, days and nights has 31, sweltered venom, sleeping got. Boil thou first, I in the charmed pot. That's the witch's brew. <laughs> All I can think of, I'm, I'm just thinking back to my childhood. I feel like there's an episode on The Simpsons where someone licked a toad and uh, yes. basically got a yeah, psychedelic effect. The enormous it. pupils. Homer was, uh, yeah. was a frequent doer of that, I believe. <laughs> That's what and I was And then the future rabbi, Hypnotoad. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it before, but anyways. I can't think of any more animals do you have any more kenny um i i have a an animal that i fear um which would be a centipede (laughs) i don't know if that's it yeah they are gross scary little creatures and not especially what i think of they're scary year-round it doesn't have to be halloween for centipedes to be scary Mm. you've pretty much picked off everything on my list I, I had ravens too, but we also kind of covered that. And I was going to quote a little bit of egg. What about a, what about an emu? An emu? Those are scary. <laughs> There's actually number one on my have list. You, <laughs> have you not seen an emu before? I mean, they like mm. they will trample you <laughs> and peck you to death. No, no, we're not just talking about terrifying creatures. We're talking about <laughs> Halloween symbols, of which there is number one on my list that has still been missed. Number one animal that we have missed mm-hmm. for Halloween. What could it be? Is it people? I'm going to give you a hint. It's another <laughs> nocturnal creature. Nocturnal. Skunks. <laughs> the greatest Halloween <laughs> creature of them all. The skunk. The skunk. Owls? Yes. There you oh, go, Sherry. Okay. Oh. I was waiting for you guys to facepalm if I had to say it, but Sherry They're was right there. They're not scary, though. They're not scary, but they are frequently associated with Halloween. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly yeah. because they yeah. have that witches and stuff like that. Piercing stare, those those crazy owl eyes, and they make eerie sounds at night. And also, they have ties to Greek and Roman mythology, where the creature known as the Strix, a raptor witch that would prey on humans, especially children, had eyes and shriek that could paralyze a person in fear. It had a hooked beak and big claws and black or gray wings, derived directly from the owl. The thing is, in my mind as well, I've seen a picture of 
what an owl looks like without its feathers. <laughs> and it's like, doesn't, it doesn't look very intimidating. <laughs> it's very tiny. Like, like the bulk chicken. of it is like a little chicken. <laughs> it's like <laughs> nothing. You know what's super surprising about owls, I find, when, when their feathers are pulled back or when they don't have their feathers, is how long their legs are. They have crazy long legs. But you always think of them with their feathers all the way down to their feet. And so you don't see any of their legs. You don't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Owls are cute. I like owls. They're a very sweet and noble-looking creature. I agree, mm-hmm. Sherry. You know, um, so I, I've taken you know photography workshops, and I I've hung around with a lot of photographers. Um, there is a community of photographers who love owls, love finding like rare owls and taking photos of them and whatnot, and they are. Very dedicated. <laughs> they will like, they will hunt, you know, rare owls to the ends of the earth to, to get a photo of an elusive owl. I mean, um, anyone who's willing to camp out for hours at a time, just hoping to catch a glimpse of a creature that may or may not show itself, that's yeah. that's dedication in the dark yeah. as well. Like you got to think that you know, trying to find pictures of or trying to take pictures of owls at night has got to be so difficult. Yeah. And uh, we had a nickname for them. Uh, we call them uh, owlers, <laughs> like these people that just wander around <laughs> aimlessly trying to find an owl. <laughs> so that's it. No more animals. No more animals. Okay. Quaff the raven. Nevermore. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. <laughs> Poe. Poe is great. <laughs> that was a uh, that was fun. So. Thanks so much for listening to our Halloween episode. Stay safe, everyone. Have a happy Halloween. (laughs) Don't overeat on candy (laughs) and stay away from dentists. Yes. (laughs) Have a safe and happy Halloween, everyone. Rules to live by. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. Till next time. Happy Halloween. Bye. 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 I was telling Rory earlier today that I I went down a rabbit hole because uh, I I did the history of of Halloween and then I was like, um, it's it's turned into like this secular holiday. So I wonder how Christians feel about this. So then I just searched podcasts and I was like, um, I just searched Halloween and I came upon this and it uh, the podcast was something like Real Christianity or something like that and <laughs> okay. and it started off like really. I was like, ooh, this is uber conservative. And then I got into it and it was like, it was crazy conservative about, yeah, about, oh, like, it was like um, uh, this guy who started talking about how um, it's, uh, it's like a conspiracy about how, how all of these um, pagan rituals happen the day before the Christian it's rituals. trying to promote godlessness. Is, is that is yeah. that clearly is, is that the summary in direct yeah. response to the good and holy Bible? Yeah, it was it was nuts. It was so nuts. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, okay. so I, I turned off that rabbit hole. I, was like, I, go in there. I know Sherry reached out. I'm like, get out, get out where you can. <laughs>